0: Welcome to the Invest Well Show. I'm your host, Michael Wall. Listen, today we got a great show talking about finding opportunity in uncertain times. We got a lot of challenges that are out there, but guess what? If you only focus on the challenges, you will miss the opportunity. We're going to talk about some wonderful opportunities available investment wise today on the Invest Well Show. All right, so we're joined today with a friend of mine, and listen, a little full disclosure in some of the other companies that we have, U.S. Private Wealth, Wall Private Wealth, we've actually done some business together, and I wanted to bring him in because um, uh, he just got a lot of industry experience. Ryan Hanks is joining us today, uh, CEO of Madison Capital. He He ran ran down from Charlotte. That's right. (laughs) That's right made it work to get here and uh you know so ryan's been a friend for a couple of years now and and he really has been in the the um industrial commercial space i guess if you want to call it that in in a variety of capacities for almost 20 years why don't you share a little bit ryan of of your history kind of how you got into the space and kind of what what your experience has been there
1: yeah so i've been uh predominantly you know commercial real estate my entire adult life uh started a uh Basically an apartment investment business at the age of 29, uh, what we call now Madison Capital Group, uh, based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, You know, started with one employee in 'oh nine, and now about 250 employees uh, all over the country. Uh, But we predominantly focus on multifamily, self-storage. We've done other asset classes as well, but those are the two things that we kind of focus on. I've predominantly been in the multifamily sector, you know, most of those 20 years. Uh, the investment sales side, the acquisition side, development, uh, kind of all of the above. So, um, yeah, it's been a fun ride. It's been a great business. We added the self-storage platform, which we call Go Store It, in 2013. And again, we started with one asset here in Florida, and now you know at any given time have you know 90 assets all throughout the country under the Go Store banner. So, I've had two great platforms. We've seen a lot of growth. Um, you know, the market's been really good to us. I think we've been in a lot of the right markets at the right time. Um, but yeah, no, we've uh, we've had a lot of fun building two really attractive businesses. That's so, awesome. Yeah,
0: That's awesome. And, and you know, a lot of people, just so you know, if you're listening to this and you might have different levels of investment experience, right? And you may you may say multifamily. What, does that mean like when there's three or four families that live in one room or one home? No, no, no. That's, that's literally almost like a, if you've driven by apartment complexes, that kind of a thing you have multiple families that might live in that there may be 80, 90, 100, 200 key.
1: Yeah, our average property is probably 250 units. Yeah, so, you, you know, you got 10 buildings at a property, you got yeah. a clubhouse, a pool, you yeah. know, amenities. So, all of us have lived in some kind of an apartment community at some point. Yep. So, yeah, it's usually uh 200 to 300 units is kind of our sweet spot. There you go. Yeah.
0: There you go. So, you know, Ryan, a lot of times today I'm I'm hearing or at least we're seeing, you know, there's a lot of people that are focused in a lot of other places right now, we got Ukraine issues, mm-hmm. Russia-Ukraine. You got um, the stuff going on with the current administration. You have inflation like crazy. You have um, gas prices going up, which is part of inflation. You have people that are scared of markets, markets being all-time high. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's, there's just so much noise it seems out there for people when they look at what they should be doing with their wealth, what yeah. they should be doing with their investments, and. You know, one of the things that I've seen over the years, and that's one of the reasons in some of the other companies, you know, we've kind of gotten involved in some of the stuff that you're doing and offer yeah. that even to some clients and, and that sort of thing. We have seen that opportunity exists and money doesn't go away, it just moves. Right. So when, when someone says, well, geez, you know, multifamily, it seems like it's been hot for a little while. It's been working for a little while, but I think we're just kind of getting just getting started. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I wouldn't say it's been hot. It's been consistent for a long period of time. Um, You know, we had a little bit of a blip in 08 and 09. And as we were talking the other day, I mean, I think most of the assets where you saw trouble were the highly levered assets. Yeah. I think multifamily, even self-storage, mm-hmm. self-storage um, in the public markets was the best-performing REIT in 08 mm-hmm. and most of 09. Mm-hmm. So um, I think in both those ac- asset classes, but, but particularly multifamily, um, you know, people always were describing what inning are we in. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I hate to use that terminology, but I think we have a lot of tremendous runway. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you look at what NAA and, and NMHC you know, quote about the need for housing. You know, we, we've got to do that for a decade plus consistently year over year. Yeah. Um, and, and deliver, you know, four plus hundred thousand units across the country. Yeah. Um, you know, Florida alone, you've got tens of thousands of a deficiency of multifamily units here mm-hmm. in the state. And so, uh, you know, most of the places we build are higher barrier to entry. It's hard to build, you know, where we sit today here, in Palm Beach County. Not an easy place to build 200, 300 apartment units. Yeah. It takes a lot of time, a yeah. lot of effort, uh, a lot of hoops to jump through with the municipalities to get at those entitlements. Mm-hmm. Uh, Costs are volatile right now. Mm-hmm. It makes deals harder to underwrite. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great – it's been a great asset class, a great performing asset class. It's obviously very need-based. People mm-hmm. need a place to live. Mm-hmm. I think the product we build does well in all seasons. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more of a – of kind of a you know kind of a traditional class A, but we're not way over the top. We're yeah. not at the bottom. Right. So we offer all the same amenities you can get at those places, but for a lower price. Right. Um, Which
0: I think is important when you take a look at maybe even some recessionary proof type yeah. stuff. You know, if you're looking if you're looking at where you're going to invest your money, you say, okay, what does that look like in relation to God forbid the markets crash, God forbid the markets go down. Well, one of the things that we know is people are always going to need a place to live, right? They're always going to have to have a, a place to live in some capacity. And I think one of the things that's so interesting, I was reading some studies as well a couple of years ago talking about how the shift of how people live yeah, for sure. is very, very different. It's much more transient today. And by the way, now that we even came through COVID, we're in a place where a lot of companies and and employees are starting to say, wait a minute, I can work from anywhere, number one. Number two, you know, companies even from a traditional commercial real estate are like, well, why should we have all these people in offices? Let's give them the freedom and flexibility. So it gives people the flexibility to jump around and move around. And we're seeing massive massive demographic shift. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just down in Florida where, you know, thousands of people all the time daily are coming to South Florida in Florida in particular and and, and in Dallas and in Tennessee and all that kind of thing. And so those are some of your markets that you're seeing. So if you had to kind of list out in your opinion, what are some hot markets in the country or markets where we're really seeing people migrate to?
1: Uh, you know, Florida, obviously, where we sit today has been seeing tremendous growth for, I think, a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, the no-income tax states, I think, are, are thriving. I mean, that's just a hot topic. It has been for years. Yep. So, you know, you touched on one a minute ago. Okay. Dallas, I mean, the, the California immigration there has been tremendous. Places like Austin. Yeah. Nashville. Yep. Um, but yeah, we're, so we have an office in Dallas. So we're, we love Dallas, Austin. We love Nashville. Yeah. Obviously we're based in the Carolinas. I think the Carolinas are a fantastic place to invest. You got places like Charlotte and Raleigh, but you also have Asheville, Charleston, Wilmington, Greenville, all very high quality places to live, raise a family. There's job growth. Um, but yeah, there's, Florida is, is kind of on another level these days yeah. where you're seeing real estate values rise. There's a certain appeal to be here. Um, to your point, kind of post COVID people just want to be out. They want more space mm-hmm. in terms of outdoors mm-hmm. and they've been kind of, you know, locked up for a couple of years. Yeah, But yeah, no, well, the nice thing about Florida is we look at certainly Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't do a lot in Southeast Florida just cause the, a, the, the, the density required to build is yeah. a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a little bit more of a suburban garden style player, mm-hmm. but places like, you know, Bonita Springs and Melbourne mm-hmm. and, Um, you know, Fort Myers, a Sarasota, Bradenton, the Panhandle, you know, a lot of those places need a tremendous amount of housing. And to your point, it's not just young. It's not just old. It's kind of everyone has shifted Mm -hmm. their thinking. They want flexibility. They want mobility. Um, People are downsizing. You know, that's been a trend that's been going on for years. So when you kind of boil all that up, it's a tremendous amount of headwind for multifamily. It really
0: is. And, and, and not only that, one of the things that's so interesting to me, Ryan, is, is you kind of have people coming at it from, from both sides when you talk about headwinds, right? So the traditional boomer generation that have you – know, they have their home, they're doing their thing, whatever. And, again, this isn't the, this isn't the northeast, mm-hmm. you know, Pennsylvania where you and yeah. I grew up. I'm in the middle of the state. You were closer to Philly. Yeah. And, you know, the, the idea was is you have your home, you buy your home, you live in your home, and that's it. If you come down south, you have a lot of people that own homes – we got a lot of people as well. that are saying, you know what? I don't want to maintain my property. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that on that side of the aisle. Baby boomers are even older potentially. And then you got the younger generation that's hearing all this conversation from the Grant Cardones yeah. of the world and all these other people that are talking about, you know what? Why put all of this money in a debt asset, right? In, mm-hmm. in a home, why not just rent? Yeah. And so the, so the desire for renting and being more transient and all of these things matters. Let's talk for a minute about opportunity and how that shifted. You know, Ryan, it's amazing to me so a lot of times before is, you know, we've been in the industry as well for 20 plus years, helping families in different capacities. And when you look oftentimes at different types or classes of real estate, depending on what it is, and specifically we're talking kind of about multifamily, oftentimes, you know, what was needed, you, you, you enter the deal. Right. You buy in, whether that's through a fiduciary or through a broker or direct, whatever that is. Right. And obviously, it's typically often better if you're not buying through a broker. It's not a horrible thing, but, you know, you can buy in at a discount and so on and so forth. So that's just some off off kind of mic conversations we could have or you could have with the team over at the other companies. But the question really is or the thought really is, and I want you to speak on this, the fact that things have changed. It used to be you would build property. You'd have your lease up time. And then you'd have to stabilize, and then you sell. Yeah. Well, now we're in a place where that has completely changed. Mm-hmm. There was a statistic you said that for every dollar, help me with this, for every dollar yeah. that, that is out there to sell, there's 30 or 40 institutional dollars waiting to buy. Is that? Am I getting that yeah, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct, yeah. That's that's so, how I so, put it. Yeah. So
0: let's talk about that a little bit, because yeah. I think that's huge for people to understand. Yeah. And really what that means is the actual re- risk, there's always risk. Sure. So clarify, right? But the risk to the investor To not have that um, kind of temporary CO to CO to lease up time, all of that kind of time that you're waiting, whether it's six months, a year, year and a half, to kind of get all the, you know, I's dotted and T's crossed. You're literally selling these properties before that happens. Tell me about this shift of what's happened there in
1: the market. Uh, There's no question that's accurate. I think, you know, you've got a lot of institutional capital out there that's raising and has raised a tremendous amount of money. Um, you know, whether it's coming out of the market and they're investing in, you know, a lot of the non-traded REITs that are buying hard assets and, yeah. uh, kind of consistently producing returns. Um, yeah. So we're, you know, they look at us as almost like, a I uh, I think a conveyor belt in a way where they don't want to do development. Right. A lot of institutional capital does not want to be in that business. Some of them invest with developers. Um, but you know, they want to, people want to buy hard assets. Yeah. yeah. And we are a company that develops hard assets, whether it's self-storage, uh, you know, uh, or multifamily. Yep. And so we're able to provide a product to a, a large institution. Yeah. And the demand has is, is really been so, um, you know, hot the last really couple of years because of that stat for every dollar, you know, selling 30 to 40 wants to buy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and maybe even higher than that these days. There's just not a lot of product on the market. And what's yeah. happening is... Every time a Blackstone buys an asset, they're not planning on trading that asset anytime soon. Right. So that's one last deal yeah. that is going to be transactional in yeah. a couple of years. So, yeah, they look at us as a way to provide them product. Yeah. And the quicker they can close on it, the quicker they can transact, the better. Yeah. So the days of building, now it doesn't mean you can't do it, but I'm not sure you're getting paid for it the way right. you used to. Right. It's really more of, well, we can kind of project our rents and expenses. Yeah. Uh, we know what you're going to offer rent-wise, but everyone, you know, has a lot of the same knowledge and information. Uh, you know, it's a very institutionally e- efficient business. Yeah. Um, but well, they can make a lot of those assumptions. And, and,
0: and, you, know. and, and you know, when you're in a place where you're, you're, we'll call it the older model, when you buy and just hold forever. Yeah. You know, you're technically buying in it. They're technically buying an annuity. You know, an yeah, in, that's right. That's an exactly income stream right, yeah. over a period of time, yeah. which is fine. But you're in a place where you know what is that? What does that equity upside look like? And really, oftentimes there isn't much. They're just looking for yield. And so, they're looking for yield from yeah. the, from the consumer's perspective, as investors, right? You want to say, okay, how can I find opportunity where? Okay, multifamily is is lukewarm to hot now. the The demand is massive. You know the old supply and demand chain, right? So that's that's important. And then you say, okay, well, how long will this occur? Well, maybe it occurs for the next three years, five years, ten years. I mean, the studies and numbers uh, kind of show that this is probably yeah. going to be an asset class that's going to be strong for ten years plus. Uh, yeah. But here's what I want to th- I want you to think about when you when you talk about where you invest money and what that looks like. If you're in a place where you're in a traditional we'll call it REIT structure, which is not what how you guys develop that's in a lot right. of ways, which I like, and we'll talk about that in a second. You're in a place where you're, you're basically there, you're getting distribution, and you're there for however long you're there. That company is making money on the management of the asset as, as it goes. There's not a lot of incentive for them to sell. There's not a lot of incentive that, for you to get your capital back. And so when you take a look at Ryan, I think yeah. one of the things that's attractive with the way these deals flow is the target is two, three, four-year turns. Yeah. Typically, build out, right. uh, sell, walk away, do it again.
1: Yeah, we were typically trying to execute all that inside of three years. And yeah. as you know, we're very transactional, so we're building, we're selling. Our investors like to roll. You know, some want to take their chips off the table and go yeah. home. Yeah, a lot want to roll. Uh, we do a lot of ten thirty ones in that regard. But yeah, most uh, as well. Um, in case we sell really, really early. Yeah. Um. But yeah, in general, no. We're we're a short shorter term holder, but looking for a little bit of a higher return than most. Yeah. You know, again, maybe some of the dividends that. You see, in a non-traded, a lot of our investor group that's not really interesting to them, mm-hmm. but a little bit more equity multiple mm-hmm. or IRR driven, mm-hmm. as are we with our own mm-hmm. capital. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're you know we're we're usually a net seller. We're we we're, yeah. we're creating value, right? Monetizing that value, yep. and we, we try and do that at scale and do that consistently over and over again. So at the end of the day, just to kind of simplify what what
0: Ryan just said, there is if, as an investor. You kind of got two sides of the coin, right? You got one side that says, I'm willing to take, um, um, you know, I just want a distribution. I want to get a 7 8% a year distribution, 6% a year, whatever it is. I'm good with that. I don't want any equity upside, meaning that you can really make a lot of money on your money. It's almost like a dividend stock without the uh, upside opportunity, if you will. Or you got the other side of the aisle, which is you get equity upside, meaning that maybe you get a little distribution along the way, but you're also in a place where you have equity access, where your money's growing, uh, the share price is growing uh, at potentially significant amounts. And so what happens there is, yes, you're not getting that distribution, but you have the equity upside. And that's why the idea is to pay attention to where money's moving, right? And this has become a hot market right now. And also be in deals, I think, It makes a lot of sense that are smaller that's one other fact that i want to talk about i love the fact of being in a place you know years ago there was a lot of deals out there quote unquote alternative deals whatever ryan that were you know uh 500 million a billion a billion and a half dollar deals and people got in there and it got really, it was a quagmire. It was a problem. Yeah. Those are hard to unwind. Yeah. They're hard for the companies to unwind. How do you sell them? Do you IPO? You know, what do you do with those deals yeah. and smaller deals, which you guys are typically 50, yeah. 80, hundred million dollars ish, right? Even
1: that. Yeah. yeah if even that, less, yeah.
0: so the benefit of that, in my opinion, and I'd like you to speak to this is if God forbid the markets have challenges yeah. and go sideways it's a lot easier to unwind a $50 million deal than it is a billion or a billion and a half dollar deal. What's your perspective on that?
1: Yeah, so the nice thing about, you know, uh, our investor base and our deals is we, a lot of times you're investing in a single asset. Yeah. You know exactly what you're investing in. You're getting updated on that investment. I mean, you know, obviously we're, extremely transparent and Mm -hmm. you kind of see it grow and it's right there in front of you 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 know go drive by it if it's you're in town um but yeah no you're 100 right it's just easier to manage you know our assets are set up as you know a lot of times single asset llcs yeah and you know exactly what you're invested in you know exactly what the capital stack is yep Yep. and it's just easy to manage Yeah. Um, obviously we've done funds and we're doing funds where you may have three four five assets but Mm -hmm. again a lot of what we do is really an identified use of proceeds. Yeah. So you kinda we kinda know where the dollars right. are going right. immediately. Um, and you're right. Yeah, we're, we're, I instead think, of a blind pool, it's not a blind pool, yeah. uh, which we think is very important. Yeah, so we don't have to put the cap. Yeah, up. and, we, and
0: I want to. I want to just touch on that real quick. That is huge, guys. As you're listening to this, because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of deals out there, and and you're seeing this even in op zones and stuff like yeah. that right now, right? Yeah. And some of these other some of the, these other deals that are coming out with are saying, hey, you know, we got some significant opportunity. Let's take advantage of tax or this or that, or whatever. We think we want to earmark or play in this space or in this space, but they don't have. They don't have property or deals identified, and so your money's sitting there, basically not being put to work. When money comes into you guys, one of the things I like is it's you know a couple of days, a week, two yeah. weeks, and that money's in, yeah.
1: in, in in we know exactly where it's going. It's going, yeah, yeah, yeah and that's, that's right. good. That's good, and yeah. that's important as far as oh, overall absolutely. efficiency. Well, you don't want to be you don't want to be forced to do bad deals, right? Right. That's that's where it all boils down. And that's what happened Sometimes years you too ago. Too much with, money. Yeah. yeah. We got to. We have to deploy capital. Yeah. We're not a capital deployer, so right. to speak. Right. We're a real estate investor ourselves, and yeah. so we look for the opportunity. And then we try and get capital to match up with that opportunity, not yeah. the other way around. Yeah.
0: And really strong returns we're seeing here, guys. I'll tell you, this is high teens, low 20s. I mean, who knows what exactly that looks like in the future? That's what we've seen historically in a way sometimes higher than that. But, we're not projecting or promising anything here. We're just talking about what's, what's been out mm-hmm. there and what's been seen in this space. Uh, obviously risk to everything, you know, that, so this isn't an offer to sell or, or, or buy something. So obviously this goal of the invest well is information. So you can be paying attention to what's out there, where markets are moving some different ideas. Ryan, any last words that you want to say as people are out there sitting on their couch or yeah. running on their treadmill, listening to this or watching this and saying, man, you know, I'm scared, I'm nervous, but. I want to do something because I need to do the right thing to grow my yeah. wealth, but I'm a little bit uncertain.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I think when you look at real estate and kind of the hard asset space, I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's definitely something that, that people should consider if they're not already in it. Yeah. Um, you know, when you just kind of look at the, the private equity world and you look at where valuations are and mm-hmm. things like that, I think I think hard assets are going to be. Uh, they're a huge benefactor of inflation. You yeah. know, we're obviously seeing that now with the rent growth. Yeah, uh, we've been seeing that now for a couple years. I mean, it's it's uh, you know we're we're getting the benefit of that. Right? Right. Obviously, values are going up as rents are going up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's a, I think it's something that people should um, have a strong interest in. Mm-hmm. I think you know our proposition is interesting to your point where obviously you can invest in some you know ginormous companies that are mm-hmm. raising billions of dollars on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we offer the prospect of being nimble, you know, getting in, getting out. And, you know, we're trying to kind of hit a lot of, you know, a lot of doubles, you know, not trying to hit a lot of home runs. And we're not trying to hit singles is yeah. kind of what I say. Yeah. Uh, just stuff that's kind of right down the middle of the fairway, modest leverage, you know, just kind of keep things safe. But I think offer a really interesting, you know, opportunity for people that, you know, want to maybe take a little more risk. Um, I think a little bit higher reward in in kind of our side. So yeah, definitely something to look at. And, again, in our markets, I think in Florida, your kind of backyard here, I mean, a tremendous amount of opportunity. I don't think that – That's not a right now fad. I mean, I think that'll continue onward for a long time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think so too. Well, Ryan, thanks for taking a few minutes to share your thoughts and insight. Thank you. And Hey, listen, as he said, as far as opportunity, large versus small, just think about it this way. And I always use this statement or phrase. I love using this because I think it just makes a lot of sense. We all know the story of the Titanic, right? And here's the Titanic and ah, here's the iceberg and the boat sinks. The unsinkable Titanic sank. Who would have ever thought? You know, you go back historically to companies like GM or other companies like, wow, I can't believe they went bankrupt. And the reason is sometimes these massive companies are not as nimble as they should be. So the thought that I always like to utilize or the uh, thought-provoking idea that I like to utilize is, would you rather be in the Titanic— or on a speedboat, if you're coming up to that iceberg. Obviously, you'd rather be on the speedboat. You're you're nimble enough that you can move away. And that's one of the things that I think you got to really be thinking about when it comes to your investments, your assets. Listen, you've worked a long time for what you have, the wealth that you've acquired, and it's so important that you think about the fact that what am I investing in? Where is the money moving? Where is money moving to in general? And right now, this space is a market where money is moving, where people are living. It's growth, right? We're seeing it happen, and, and it's probably going to be for a little while. And then how do I get involved with that market? How do I get involved with that opportunity in a way that I'm not tied up or locked in, so to speak, for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years? How do I kind of get in and get out and rinse and repeat? That way, if the tide shifts or things change, we have the ability to, uh, and the wherewithal to be able to step back, press pause and say, OK, I was able to get out and do something different. That always matters in looking at investments and trying to determine and find out where money is moving. Remember, money doesn't go away. It just moves. We want to find and follow where it moves. And that's why I wanted to have Ryan on the show. Hey, if you got questions about that, you're in a place where you're saying, you know, I, I geez, Mike, I, I don't know, you know, is that, is there anything else available? Is that the only thing available? There's a lot of different deals and things that are out there. And I bel- I'm a big believer of this fact. A lot of people don't know what they want because they don't know what's available. I believe strongly that it is my responsibility to share with you ideas to help you not only think differently, but then some of you, as you listen to this or watch this, are going to be in a place where you're saying, okay, that's great, Mike, but how do I actually get involved with that? Well, one of the great ways to do that is to connect with some of the sponsors of our show. All you get to do is go to investwealthshow.com. You'll see a list of sponsors there. Wall Private Wealth is there. U.S. Private Wealth is there. And there's uh, a team of folks at those companies that are kind of aligned, set up. their investment advisories. their fiduciaries. They have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's right for the client, to do what's right and in their best interest. And they can help guide you through. Uh, as they have many, many families over the years, what is practically available for your financial situation? Whether you're accredited, most folks are, and these deals oftentimes are that's, that is the case. But take a minute and go to investwellshow.com to learn more. Click on that link if you want to find out what's available. And as always, my desire in life is to help you live on purpose So you can live with purpose. Last thing I'll say, there's a lot of people out there right now, buddies on the golf course, ladies that you're having wine with, maybe people you're going to church with. I don't know what it is, but people you're hanging with that are nervous. They are fearful right now. They're uncertain about what's happening with their wealth. And they have so much blinders on because they've been watching news and noise that they literally can't see opportunity or they don't know that it even exists. So take a minute and be the person That actually shares the light to them and knowledge of, hey, there's more things out there that can actually help you by sharing this show. I know you've probably had three or four texts on your cell phone today of folks that you're interacting with. Share this with them. Share it via Facebook or LinkedIn or email, whatever works best for you, but help people that you know and care about realize there is opportunity that exists and all they need to do is think a little bit differently to find it. And that's why we've done this show. Listen, uh, hey, as always, be blessed, have fun, talk to you next show. Keep in mind the information shared on this show is not to be considered investment advisory advice. For specific recommendations based on your situation, make sure you reach out to a professional, whether it be financial, accounting, tax, attorney, or whatever you may need to help you find the information necessary to make good decisions.